Good morning, Connect Church. Good to see you all this morning. Welcome to our online campus, our online family. Welcome, TC and Framingham. Miss you guys. Wish I got to be with you more. I love you. It's so good to see you today. Oh, welcome to church. Is it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Come on, somebody. Did you have a good week? I had a good week. Got to spend some time with the family. Got to do some fun things. My kids, they're starting to get very bronze. Been spending a lot of time at the beach. I think they, they, they've got a lot of sun. I'm a little jealous. I've been stuck inside a lot. Anybody else been stuck inside this summer? I've been stuck inside a lot more than I want to be. I like getting out. Oh, so good to be here today. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand here before your people and declare the truth of your word. I pray that your words would come through and anything that is of me would fall to the ground. Lord, have your way today in this service. Lord, draw, draw everyone's heart to your heart that we may know the heart of our Father and live a life that exemplifies you and loves the people around us. Lord, I pray that all that we do and say would glorify and honor you. In Jesus' holy and precious name I pray, amen, amen. Before I get started today, I want to just take an opportunity and say thank you for the, the op, just to stand here today before you. I want to thank Pastor Derek, Pastor Stacy for being the mom and dad of this house, our shepherds, our pastors, our friends. So thank you so much, Pastor Derek, Pastor Stacy. I love you, honor you. I'm so thankful that for Pastor Josh last week, preaching the word, opening up the series on worship. You know, I've been practicing this all week. Wait, let me see, let me see. I'm about to throw this microphone. No, no, it's not quite. He's got something different than I do. I'm not going to be Pastor Josh. I'm going to be Jim. My name's Jim Galvin, and I am here to be your friend today. I love you. I'm just, a, just another guy that puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like you. I'm not special. I don't have anything figured out. Anything that you might think I might have that's any good only came from this book. And you have access to the same thing I do. I pray that whatever I say today would encourage your heart and inspire you to live in a way that you look more like Jesus. Not more like me. Not more like the 21 irrefutable laws of Christianity. No. Can you just look like Jesus? I want to introduce you to my family real quick. I got a picture here of my beautiful bride. That was us. It was the one time I got out this summer. I got to the beach. Yep, that's right. Yeah, she's good looking. I know. You can applaud her, right? That's good. Yeah, that's right. Woo, I married a good one. Lord is gracious. I don't know what happened. Oh, you know, our marriage is, you know, most of the time a hot mess. She's the hot and I'm the mess, you know? And uh, I just love her so much. I, I used to honestly, genuinely, and sincerely think that when people got up on stage and introduced their spouse and they would say this line, well, this is my wife, this is the mother of my children, and this is my best friend, right? That's what they always say. And for years early on in my marriage, I didn't really think it was true. I didn't think it was possible. But can I tell you something? 
I am more in love with that woman every day. And in the last few years, I've learned not only that I have a life partner, but I have a best friend. And I am so honored and blessed to have that woman stand beside me. She's downstairs right now with all of your children. Yeah, she, she works here at church on staff with us and oversees all the kids' ministry at our campuses. And so she is awesome. And another picture, my wife has also blessed me with not just the gift of friendship, but with these knuckleheads. These are my five wonderful children. Uh, let's see, let's do them in order. Emily, Casey, Josh, Jillian, and Jack. Yeah, that's right. The last two are Jack and Jill, and it's hard to not say them backwards, but that's it. There they are, full of personality. They share the love of Jesus with me every day. They encourage me all week long to get ready for this message, and here we go. Wait, one more picture, just for the fun of it. Yeah, <laughs> there's a little bit of their personality coming through. So again, my name's Jim, and I serve on staff here. They've given me the title of pastor, but today I just want to be Jim. Can we just talk? Can we just be friends today? Will you hear my heart? And will you be willing to open up yours to receive something from heaven? Mm. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Do you, know what, do you know what I love about church? Do you know what I love about you? Is that we can be real. We can be real. You can yell at me from the back row. The kids up here that are worshiping, Sometimes they're more interested in the light show than they are in the words, but we're being real. You know, the truth is, is that without you, I can't live a life full of the fruit of the Spirit. See, if I, if I don't have those little kids playing with the lights and annoying the bejeepers out of me sometimes, I don't learn how to have patience. Come on, somebody. My greatest way to learn patience was five kids that you just saw on the screen. I learned never to pray that prayer again. <laughs> I was afraid I'd have a sixth. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We need each other. We need each other. So let me share something with you. Will you open, open the word of God with me? Will you grab your Bibles if you brought a hard cover, soft cover, leather bound, or your cell phone? Open up to John chapter 15, and we're going to spend some time together in the word of God. As I said, I just want to hang out with you today and be honest, but part of that honesty, part of that transparency that I want to have with you today, it comes with a warning. Warning. You ever have a warning pop up on your computer screen? Firewall detects something. Some kind of malware is trying to infiltrate your computer system. That's a bad thing, right? That's not a good thing. It's going to mess with your software, your hardware. It's not going to function properly. But I want to tell you something. In the kingdom of God, vulnerability is not weakness. It's actually an early sign indicator that you have the courage of, the, of God in you so that you can live a life to love others. Vulnerability is required. But I want to warn you, it's coming. Vulnerability detected is the title of my message today. Warning. Vulnerability detected. I have one big idea for you today, and that big idea is simply this. Find your people, find your faith, find your fit. I'll unpack those for you today. Find your people, find your faith, find your fit. It's all about finding your way in a world that requires more than transparency. It's going to require vulnerability. Turn with me to John 15, verse 11, and I'll start reading. Hmm. 
Yeah. Ready? Here we go. Verse 12, sorry. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, and if you do whatever I command you, sorry, (laughs) I can't read today. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that that fruit should remain. And whatever you ask in my father's name, he will give to you. This is my commandment to you. Love one another. This is not a soft and easy message. Maybe I should preface it by saying, what a great worship service we had. That last song really depicted the love of Jesus, that he came and put on flesh and died on a cross so that we might have access to his Father and we might have eternal life. That's the good news of the message. But after the good news of the message, it requires us to start to live like Jesus. Amen? We have to start to obey what he's asking us to do. That first line says, this is the commandment that I give to you. Love each other as I have loved you. That's not what it says. What's it say? Love each other, love one another as I have loved you. How do you love each other? I want to predicate all of this on one big principle. There is no way to have friends without having love first. There's no way to love someone without having a foundation of love. A good relationship is is something that we all long for. A relationship is something of a time spent together, interests that we share with one another. But the fruit of that relationship is not love. The foundation of that relationship is love. We can't have good relationships if we don't first know what it is to be loved. And we have a God that loves us and cares for us and calls you by name. He so loved you that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross that we might have eternal life. He so loved you. Before you knew him, he knew you and he chose to die for you that you would know love. And because you know love, you could love others. Does that make sense, friends? If I've got love, then I can give love. So many times we sit up on, uh, I stand before people and I preach and I teach and I feel like what I'm giving them is growth for their mind because they receive information. They take in information and their mind grows. But what the heart needs to understand and the way that our heart grows is not what it takes in, but what it gives out. See, we get the information and we receive understanding in our mind, but our our heart has to give away love for it to grow. It is better to give than to receive. What we've got from the Lord has to be given away for our hearts to grow, for our lives to change, for us to look different, for us to be who he's called us to be. Our heart has to give. Our heart has to give. Do you know your heart has four valves? Two that take in and two that let go, two that push out. And if you clog up any one of those hearts, it's a surefire recipe for a heart attack. Too many times in our lives, we've come to a place in our life where we've taken in from God. And we've forgotten to give out. 
How many times in our life have we received from heaven and just sat back and received and oh, it is so good. But if what we've received from God doesn't transform us and flow out of us, then it is pointless. It is dead. It stops there. God's a multiplying God. He's a God that wants overflow in your life. He needs it to come in and go out. Matt, you know what? Even there's many of us here that are like, hey, I want to be a good person. I want to be a good Christian. Let me serve. Let me do. And all we do is give out, but we never take in. We don't know how to receive. We've forgotten that he first loved us. And it's been a long time since we went back and knew the one who first loved us. We've forgotten our first love. And all we do is pour out and pour out and pour out. When we pour out, we burn out. And if all we do is take in, all we're going to do is blow up. We're going to overexpand and we're going to get fat on our faith and we're not going to do anything with it. Jesus is asking his disciples here to love each other because you're loved. Amen? Amen. Amen. No greater love than this has a man than to lay down his life for his friend. I love Jesus. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to pay the sacrifice? I'm not asking you to die on the cross like Jesus did. But this is what I know. You know what the darkest day of my year is? I might have one or two a year. It's when all my kids are off having fun and my wife has an appointment. And I'm home alone with something on my mind and I start to think. And I want to reach out and call someone, but the truth is I want to call Andrew. But Andrew, you know, he doesn't know that part of my life. He has only seen this and that and the other thing. He doesn't really know where I'm at. And I don't really feel like giving him the whole backstory. I'm kind of in a funk, and I really could just use a friend that, that knew me. Well, I could call Mike, and, well, it's been a while since I called Mike. And, you know, we catch up here and there, and we see each other at work. But uh, it's a lonely day. Maybe you can relate to that day where you're just all alone with your thoughts. For some of us, that's the scariest place to be is all alone with ourselves. Trying to figure out what we're supposed to do next. How to solve the problem. See, the reality is I put those pictures up on Facebook and on Instagram. And you think my family looks great at the beach. I can post a picture of the 30-inch fish that I caught. I can post a picture of us kayaking or us climbing a mountain. I can post a picture of the meal I ate, the food I had. Everything is out there for everyone to see. People are even getting bold enough to show the things that they don't like. Here's a picture of my face without makeup. Here's a picture of my face with makeup. Here's a picture of my face before the filter and after the filter. We put it all out there for everybody to see. It's a world of transparency. Our culture demands that we have transparency. It demands our leaders to be transparent, our businesses to be transparent, our government to be transparent, our leaders to be transparent. We want to know what you're doing. We want to know all about you. We want to see you. That's a good thing, right? It's good to be transparent. You want your leaders to be transparent. But there's more. If you stop at transparency, you'll never love. You ever met a person that pours out their heart to you? Oh, I'm going through this with my spouse and my marriage is on the rocks and my kids are crazy and my job's falling apart and the car broke down and the dog rode away. And, uh, you know, it's like a country western sound. But in the middle of them talking to you, you realize something, that you haven't been invited in. 
They just show it to you. And they say, stay over there. I have a friend who went to AA and she was explaining it to me. And the way it works is you go into an AA meeting and you share your story. And then there's this rule. There's this rule. It's called no crosstalk. Anybody ever hear of that? That means you share your story and then no one's allowed to talk about it. No one's allowed to give you advice or speak into your life. You keep everybody on the outside. It's transparency without vulnerability. See, the greatest lie the enemy is trying to teach us about relationships and about loving one another, he's trying to give us the artificial transparency instead of the realness of vulnerability. See, transparency is you can know all about me, but you'll never know me. Vulnerability is come and know me. See, the problem is, is when we give ourselves away to everybody, what we're really doing is giving a whole lot of ourselves away to nothing because no one knows us. Transparency is living in a glass house that everybody can see in to what you're doing. But vulnerability is opening the front door and say, come on in. But be gentle because I've got a mess in here. I know you've seen it. But I don't want you just to see me. I want you to know me. I want you to know why I do what I do, why I think what I think, why I believe what I believe. And it's in that place that we begin to be able to be loved. You tell me, Pastor Jim, it's scary to go into that place because I'm vulnerable, because I can get hurt. You know the definition of vulnerable in Webster's Dictionary? Your ability to be wounded. No wonder no one wants to sign up for the vulnerability small group. I mean, come on. My ability to be wounded. Yeah, just put it all out there. Go ahead, kick me while I'm down. Let me show you all my weaknesses. You know, Jesus would never ask us to do anything that he didn't do first. Listen, you got to be vulnerable if you're going to love. We have an expression, and it's an expression for a reason. It's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. Because the rewards of vulnerability are far greater than any potential harm that could come in wounding. And as a matter of fact, if you know who you are because of who loves you, if you know the one who loves you and your relationships are built out of love, on the foundation of love, that even when someone does hurt you, you have a God that still loves you, but not just loves you. He calls you by name. He protects you and provides for you. He gives you the strength to forgive. He gives you the strength to be healed. He gives you the ability to walk through it. See, even Jesus in his hour of greatest need, when he was betrayed in the garden and he was brought into the, the courtyard of the religious leaders and he was awaiting the cross, even his closest friends, his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, who was there with Jesus in the in the courtyard, but Peter. And looking across that courtyard, Jesus hovelled in the corner, chained, crown of thorns on his head, robe on his back, bleeding. All alone across the courtyard, he sees Peter standing on a fire. I never knew you. I never knew him. I swear, I never knew him. But that's not where it stopped with Jesus and Peter. He didn't say, Peter, you hurt me. You're a bad friend. You cut me deep. I let you on the inside. I got vulnerable and real with you. Get the heck out. I'm going to follow healthy boundaries, and you need to stand six feet back. Put a mask on. Step back. What's wrong with you? No. He goes back to him. He says, do you love me? Yeah, Jesus, I love you. Do you love me? Now, he makes him say it three times because I think it's a big deal. Do you really love me? No. I'm asking you, would you but by chance be willing for a moment to be vulnerable 
with the people around you. We spent a minute and a half just a couple moments ago and shook hands with people across this room. Look, go ahead, look to your left and right. Framingham, look to the left and to the right. See the people around you. TC, it's a little trickier for you. You're in that stadium seating in the, <laughs> in the movie theater, but look back, look up the stadium seating. See who's up there. Do you know about them? Or do you just know, or do you know them? My question is, are you allowing the world to know about you or are you allowing the world to know you? Because when they know you, they know also who loves you. But you can't love people and share the love of Jesus if you're not willing to be vulnerable with what he's given you. Guys, I'm not coming to you with the five Ps of friendship and love. I'm not trying to give you a principle. I'm trying to ask you to think outside of yourself for a minute. Jesus told a parable. He told a parable about a man that got beaten and left on the side of the road. We know it as a good Samaritan story. And there was religious people that walked by him and went to church. He took another man who was willing to spend money out of his pocket and invest some time to meet a man that was broken and lost and without hope. My question to you is this. Are you willing to let it cost you something? Are you willing to let it be inconvenient? Are you willing to be vulnerable to the potential loss for the opportunity, for the gift to let your heart work right? I don't know about you, but I've had moments and seasons in my life where I haven't felt like I've been really living on fire for God. And every time that is, I realize there's a flow problem with my heart. Either I'm not receiving or I'm not giving. But I want to suggest to you this, maybe this summer, maybe this season, that it's time for you to start realizing that the flow isn't going well in your heart. Maybe it's time to get to church early, not just on time. Maybe it's time to meet someone in line and not just tell them about how your day was, ask them about the weather, ask them about the game, ask them about vacation, but actually share your story to get vulnerable, to tell them how you feel and why you feel. Well, that was a good sermon we heard this week. What did you think about it? No. Hey, I heard that sermon or I listened to that worship song and it moved my heart with compassion. And you know what I'm going to do with it is X, Y, and Z. Are you willing to share your story? Are you willing to get vulnerable with people? Are you willing to care for others and let them in? You know what call I hate? I get this phone call every so often from friends. I don't know, maybe you're in that season of life, maybe you're not. That phone call. Hey, guess what? I'm moving next week. (laughs) You want to come and help me? You know what the real answer is? No, I don't want to, but I will. I know it's going to cost me something. I know it's going to be inconvenient. I know I'm going to sleep really well with some Advil because my back's going to be killing me. And what do they always tell you? That line, you know, they're lying to you. It's all packed. All we got to do is put it in the truck. (laughs) Don't lie to me. Just tell me I'm going to be filling trash bags, somebody. Come on. Are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to be inconvenienced to help someone else? Guys, I'm only here for one reason. I'm convinced 
that every season of my life thus far has taught me to love people better. It's taught me how to love people more. And two and a half years ago, when God called my wife and I to become part of Connect Church, I believe that he called me here simply to remind you and to continue to grow in it myself that we have to love better and we have to love more. I'm supposed to be talking about relationship, but you can't talk about relationship without talking about love. You can't really care for someone if you don't know who you are and you don't value what you have. Because if you don't value what you have, you're never going to be willing to give it away. It's not about the things you have. It's not about their possessions. It's not about how good you look on Instagram. It's like Peter at the gate, beautiful, gold and silver. I have none, but what I have I give to you. Rise up and walk. Who are you encouraging? Who are you exhorting? Who are you pointing to Jesus? Who in your life are you seeing beyond the picture? Who are you going to know? Who are you going to let know you? Are you willing to go beyond the multitude seeing and move into a place where you get to be with people, where you are known and they are known? It's the call of Jesus to our lives. Listen to what it says. Listen to what it says next. Next, verse 14. You are my friends. You do what I command. Verse 15. I no longer call you servants, but I, uh, because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I call you friends. Oh, come on. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. What's that mean? (laughs) You know, you can't hear it, TC, in Framingham and online, but it doesn't come up on Instagram according to the watch in the front row. (laughs) Siri doesn't know, but Jesus does, somebody. Come on. What's the difference between a servant and a friend? I'll tell you what the difference is. A servant stands there ready to serve, ready to wait. A servant doesn't know his master's business. He just does what he's told. He just does what he's told. He just obeys without understanding the bigger picture, the purpose, the plan. He's not part of the the commission. He's not part of the going. He's just part of the doing. Hey, I come to church and I want to be a good person, so let me get part of the doing. No, stop doing And stop knowing the one who's asking you to do the doing. Pastor Josh crushed it last week when he talked about worship and the danger we have of worshiping someone we don't know. God will always receive worship because he's worthy of it. The reality is just because you sing a song doesn't make you a worshiper. Just because I cooked dinner last night doesn't make me a chef. Just because I painted a wall doesn't make me a painter. And just because I... I do things for Jesus doesn't mean I'm his friend. It's not about your doing. It's not about what you let people see about you. It's about letting them know you. And it's in knowing you that you get to live out a life of love for others. A servant stands by the side and waits. But a friend is invited into the the work. Do you know that God prepared a plan for you before the foundations of the world? He prepared good works for you to do before the foundations 
of the world. You have a job. You have a calling. You have a mission and a commission. And he's got you and he's ready to send you out to do that. But you have to be willing to go beyond the doing and start knowing the one who's calling you to do it. Listen to what it says next. Don't be a servant, but be a friend. I've called you friends. For everything I've learned from the Father, I've made known to you. (laughs) How many times did Jesus go away and pray? You ever read that in the Bible? According to my count, no less than 25 times I see Jesus go away in Scripture to get alone with the Father and pray. You know what? That's very interesting to me that he goes away and prays. And I could preach a whole sermon on that. But you know what my favorite part is? What happens after he goes away to pray? Does anybody know? Every time he goes to be with the Father and gets a fresh revelation of what the Father says to him, he immediately goes to people. Oh, come on. Come on. You're not getting it. See, when we meet with the Father and we know what, who he says we are and we know who he is and we start to realize that he's providing for us everything that he tells us to do and everything he says about us and every revelation we have about him points us to people. See, our journey of Christianity, this journey of spiritual maturity is all about equal parts knowing God and equal parts about giving it away to people. See, Jesus modeled it. He went to the Father and then he went to people. Every time he left prayer, he either went to one, to two, to 12, to the multitudes. You have to go to God and know who you are and know whose you are. And then you can go to people and be confident to be vulnerable, to put yourself on the line, to lay it out there, to show them what it looks like to follow Jesus. Come, follow me as I follow Christ. He's made the Father known to you. The invitation today is that you would be known by the Father and that you would know the Father so that you could love like Jesus loved. I grew up in a private Christian school. I started my life that way, going to school. And then in fifth grade, I went to a public school. It was really hard. I didn't understand any of the swear words, any of the slang, innuendos, jokes, I couldn't figure out how to live in a public school. It was really hard. Thank goodness I had a friend named John. He took me out back of the school one day and taught me everything. (laughs) My mom and dad was not pleased with that. Boy, I tell you what, I'd come home practicing some words that weren't good for me to be practicing. You know what I'm saying? But I'd come from this Christian school where I thought relationship and love and there was freedom and grace and no judgment. Hmm, I learned some hard lessons. I went up to a girl, of course, the prettiest girl in the grade, and at that locker in the fifth grade wing of that middle school, I said, hey, how you doing? (laughs) Yeah, it didn't go so well. (laughs) That chubby little kid was looking for a date. I have no idea what it meant to ask a girl out, but man, I went for it. Basically, what I was saying is, will you be my friend? I like you. Will you be my friend? Yep. Nope. Slam the locker, say, get away from me. Absolutely not. You're a loser. (laughs) And I began to write a narrative. A narrative that said, I'm not good enough. That I don't understand how to talk. Uh, I don't understand the inside jokes. I'm missing it. And even the people that I put myself out there and I'm vulnerable with, they reject me. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you know that story. Maybe 
you know someone else who has that story. Or maybe you can relate to my friend. When he was young, his parents abandoned him, put him in a basket. And then he had an adopted family that took care of him. And when he found out that he was adopted, he lashed out and he had some rage issues, some anger issues. And it went so far as that he actually killed a man and he had to flee the, the country and it was pretty messed up. He lived in the wilderness feeling abandoned. He was excommunicated from everything that he knew. Or maybe you're like my other friend who, who just felt like God had abandoned him. He grew up in church and he had heard of all these wonderful things about God but never saw of any of them in his life. Everybody told him stories about him but he never got to live them. He was the weakest, the youngest. He felt forgotten. He felt abandoned. He felt like he had no worth, no value. Maybe you know that person. Maybe you can relate to him. Or maybe you can relate to my friend. She, she had all, a whole lot of relationships in her lives. In her life, she, she met man after man after man trying to find her identity in men. Trying to be fulfilled. But her story just ended up being a hot mess. Maybe you know those stories. Have you heard those stories? Have you met those people? Maybe you are those people. Let me tell you something. That woman who had all those relationships, Pastor Josh referenced her last week. Her, she was a woman at a well that had five husbands and the man she was living with. Mm -mm, she wasn't married to him anymore, but she had an encounter with Jesus. See, she had five husbands plus one that she wasn't married to. That's six. And then she met the real man of her life was Jesus. See, he's the number of completion. The seventh man transformed her life. And she went from a mess to a messenger. She took what she had with Jesus and went back and preached to the people. And there was a two-day revival in Samaria because Jesus transforms your life. Or maybe my friend Gideon from Judges chapter 6, who felt abandoned and rejected by God, got called a mighty warrior and was filled with strength and power and God's peace was upon him and he went and he tore down the idols in his father's house and delivered the nation of Israel because he had an encounter with God. See, when we come back to the heart of the father, we can start to live out the life of power. Right, And maybe you know the first story. Maybe you figured out where I'm going with this, but his name was Moses. He got put in a basket and rejected. He killed a man and went in the wilderness, lived out of performance and doing, tried to earn the favor of his father-in-law. And then he had an encounter with God and he argued with God. No, don't, don't send me. I can't talk. I st st stutter. God said, haven't I called you? <laughs> Go deliver your people. See, listen, God, you didn't choose God. He chose you. That's the next line. You didn't choose God. He chose you, and he chooses you in your mess because he wants you to be his messenger. He chooses you in the midst of just being transparent, and he calls you to vulnerability. He chooses you to be his ambassadors, to look like him, to live like him. But he didn't just choose you, friends. Look at your scriptures. I want you to be able to go home and read John chapter 15 and get your own revelation. Don't take my word for it. What's it say next? You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you. Appointed you. What's an appointment? Well, that's a predetermined time and place where I'm set to meet somebody. You know what? As a matter of fact, this room could be appointed. 
I point this room and designate it to be a sanctuary. Let's put lights on the stage. Let's put in a stage. Let's put in chairs. We're going to furnish it and equip it for a time and a place. We're going to predetermine what this is going to be for. I want you to hear something. I want you to look around this room and realize that you're appointed for the people in this room. Jesus predetermined that you would have everything you need to love and be loved. He predetermined that you would be equipped with power to bless each other and to live a life that looked like him. He appointed you. He equipped you. He put the furnishings in your character that you needed called love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness. He wants you to grow and to love each other. He wants you to go and bear fruit. Go and bear fruit. What is the fruit? Love, joy, peace. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Can I get practical with you for just one second? I'm going to close. It says this in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Paul prays for the church. And one of his prayers is that you would know the inheritance that you have in the saints. Do you know that one of the furnishings, one of the gifts that God gave you is each other? That one of the blessings that God gave you is each other and that you need to learn to love one another. First third, uh, chapter 3, verse 18 says this, that it's only with God's holy people that you'll ever learn to comprehend the, comprehend the love of God, the height, the depth, the width, the breadth. But it's only with God's people that you'll start to love and to understand love. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, that we're all part of the body and Christ the head and every part of the body, every joint and ligament needs to build itself up in love and every part does its share of the work. I need you and you need me and I need you to love me and I need to love you. I need your vulnerability and you need mine. I'm far from perfect, but will you come in across the threshold and sit in my mess with me? I'm not asking you to necessarily fix it, but I'm just asking, will you stay with me through it? Will you remind me that I'm not the only one here and that you can help me? Jesus might bring you into it, but he's also going to get you through it. And the people that he put around you are the people that you need to build a bridge of relationship with that'll support the weight of anything that'll come your way. Your situation and your circumstances do not define your calling and your appointment. It's the things around you that are trying to distract you from being vulnerable. They make you think that you got to hide all your weaknesses, all your failures and your shortcomings. But the reality is, is that I need to know what you need. Don't rob me of the blessing of giving what I've received to you by not telling me how I can serve you. When we hide in, in transparency and we're never vulnerable, no one knows how we can really help you. So stop stealing the joy from your brothers and sisters in Christ and start practicing vulnerability. Start practicing loving one another. Listen, you're no longer allowed to pick up your kids from kids' church without actually asking that girl or that man that are watching your kids, ask them, what can I pray for you for? Hey, it was a great message today. You should probably go watch it online. Here, this is what it meant to me. How can I pray for you today? Can you get vulnerable? Can you get transparent? Can you meet people where they're at? Here's my challenge to you today, friends. Would you be willing 
by the grace of God, to invite someone into your house. Not your physical house, but the house of your heart. Maybe for some of us today, that'll be inviting Jesus into our heart. But for more of us, I believe it's about learning to invite others in. Would you be willing to share your story? Would you be willing to start to study the word of God and know who he says you are, what he's called you to be, who he's chosen you to be, and the things that he's given you and appointed you to do? Will you know who he is so that you can live out who you were meant to be? Will you come back to the heart of the Father so you can live a life of love? Hmm. I want to just really practically say this to you. We got a prayer meeting coming up. Second Saturday of every month, we have a prayer meeting. I'm going to put a QR code up on the screen. For those of you online, take a picture of it. For those of you who are in person at any one of our three campuses, our greeters and ushers will have QR codes in their hands. But this is just a link to some Bible verses that say who I am in Christ. I'm going to ask you to read over them and let God speak to you about who he says you are. And my challenge to you is then to share what you learn with someone in this house. Start practicing in a place where it's safe. Start practicing with the people of God. Start practicing so that when you're in the line at the deli counter next week, you can start to practice with people that don't know the love of Jesus. Would you be willing to start for the next five weeks to study those verses and come back to us that second Saturday of the month in September and come to a place of prayer and ask the Lord who you're supposed to share your life with. I'm asking you, I'm giving you five weeks to prepare, to get in shape because it's time for us to start doing life together. Did you know what happens right after that prayer meeting in September? We start these things called small groups. And that's how Connect Church provides an opportunity for you to get in relationship with other people. I'm not asking you to go do a Bible study. I'm not asking you to go figure out your finances. I don't even want you to go and learn about freedom. I want you to go and learn about people. I want you to start loving and being loved. I want his joy to be in you and your joy to be full because you know how to flow. You know how to receive his love and you know how to give it away. I want you to ask for the next five weeks, God, who have you created me to be and who do you want me to share it with? And then I want you to grab that one or two or three other people and say, hey, let's pick a small group together. And let's not go to learn about the content, but let's go and learn to live together, to do life together, to encourage and inspire each other, to love and good works. Hmm. And just take a minute, Pastor Cliff and Pastor Josh over in TC, just want to take a moment and transition. I'll turn the service over to you at the other campuses as we move into an altar call. Friends, the first person you got to invite into your life is always and always will be Jesus Christ. He laid down his life for you. He is the best friend. This is the theme of the the whole Bible. God wants to be your friend. 
He walked with Adam in the garden. He called Abraham friend. He talked with Moses. He walked with Enoch. All things that friends do. And then he sent his son because he knew we needed face-to-face interaction with a, a person that loves us. And Jesus laid down his life for you and me. And today, today can be the day for you to accept Jesus into your life, to say, I'm willing to be vulnerable. I'm willing to let you turn my mess into a message. I'm willing to realize that there's more to life than just hiding in the middle of transparency. I'm tired of playing the game. I'm tired of the facade. Will you come in and change my life? So I'll just ask you, will you close your eyes and bow your heads with me today? And maybe this is the first time. You've never prayed this prayer before. You've never said, Jesus, come and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Come on in to my mess. Make my story your glory. Maybe today's the day for that. So I just ask you, will you, will you just at the count of three, if that's you today and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, invite him in. Will you just slip your hand up for me? One, two, three. If that's you and you need Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, you'll just raise your hand. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I see that hand. Can we all just pray this prayer together out loud? Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. And now I choose you. I believe you're Lord and Savior. I confess my sins to you. And I ask you to come in and transform my life for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family. But I want to take one more minute and I want to ask you, I want to ask you, is it time for you to start loving? Not just living? Is it time for you to go beyond status quo? Are any of you willing enough in this room with the folks that are before you right now to say, it's time for me to start getting vulnerable? Hey, I've been receiving, but I have not been pouring out. Or maybe you need to say, I've been pouring out, but I haven't been receiving, and it's time to get vulnerable with Jesus. I wonder if that's you in this room today. And you know what? I'm right here with you. I want to be your friend. I want to walk through it with you. But this is going to require a different altar call. No eyes closed and no head bowed. Vulnerability, vulnerability, it's going to cost you something. If you're in this room today and you say, I need to start being more vulnerable, I need to love people better, I need to do more loving and less doing. If that's you, will you stand to your feet? 
and say, I've been showing my life, but I haven't let anybody know my life. If that's you in this room, I just invite you to be bold enough, to be vulnerable enough, to stand to your feet and say, I need to love like Jesus loves. done doing the process for the process sake it's time for me to start living for people the way Jesus did every time I come to church it should send me back out in the streets to people to see the downcast the downtrodden the broken the homeless the wounded to see the people that are sitting next to me to read behind the lines to know that that look in their eyes isn't just I'm fine no they're lying to you They want you to dig in. They want to be known. They don't want to just be seen. They want more than a handshake and a high five. They want the real you. They don't want to just see about you. They want to know who you know because you look different. You smell different. You act different. You're a friend of God, and they want to be a friend of his too. Will you be willing Mm, to lift your voices and sing this last song with me? Let him minister to you in this song. And I'm going to dismiss you to go right from that song. But please, don't leave this place quickly. Find someone and get to know them. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.